0: You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, this is Jen. I am here with our second Teaching Tidbits episode. This one is reflecting on virtual teaching three weeks in. So as some of you may have seen on social media, I have returned to the classroom it has been quite a while, so I was in instructional technology for four years. During that time, I did collaborate with Sarah and Ashley and our friend Tim to teach a class together, but this is a more typical classroom experience. This are still not typical, so I work with three other teachers. It's an environmental science-focused school. And so we pull from four school divisions, and our students come to us for half a day. Now, during virtual learning, I see these kids one day a week for an hour and a half. And so it has been quite a challenge, just both because I'm rusty and because the situation is so, so different from the norm. So I want to share five conclusions I have drawn after reflection. I do not want to put myself out there as an expert or say that these principles are universal, but I do think they're probably applicable to a lot of virtual situations. And the first thing I want to say is just I have come to realize that virtual just cannot be the same. I cannot take everything that I would do in a regular classroom and just put it online. I'm having to make adjustments pretty frequently just because a lot of our students have to have their cameras off for various reasons, some because of Wi-Fi, some because they have other people in their house that, not an invasion of privacy, but they just prefer to have their cameras off. And so while I'm used to really being tuned in to students' expressions and to students' reactions to steer my teaching in a different way, I don't have that. And so I'm having to be a lot more intentional about asking for written feedback or throwing out a poll or asking kids to type things in the chat because I can't just look at them and sort of gauge how things are going. Number two is I have learned (laughs) to have a plan but be ready to ditch it. So I'm really trying to build for troubleshooting and to always have sort of the ideal plan for how things are going to go, and then a plan B. Now, that's good teaching anyway, but I will say I could usually get by without having a firm plan B in mind, but I have found so far that a, a pretty firm plan B is a really good idea. It's inevitable that something is going to go wrong I am pretty good at instructional technology, and yet I am fumbling with some things that I thought would be really easy additions to our Zoom calls. And so I have just had to be able to adjust very quickly and just to be really honest with the kids about what's happening. Number three, I think one thing that I really appreciated was that the team of teachers and I decided to focus first on building a community. That does not mean we didn't have content from the beginning. So we started with a project that we just sort of threw out there that gave the kids a chance to learn, to meet each other and to learn each other and to get to know us. We started to get to know them. A really wise colleague said many years ago that it's easier to get to know people when you're working on something side by side. So we didn't spend a lot of time on you know, get to know you games or things like that. Instead, we gave them this really open-ended project, gave them the tools they needed to work on it. And I'm so glad we did that because I think that they really built a sense of community with each other and we're starting to feel that as well. On to number four. Another thing I figured out is just a simple set of written instructions isn't enough. I am having a hard time because I do only see them once a week. And so normally, I would be able to present an assignment or a project or a plan in one day and then check in the next day and have these sort of constant reminders. Well, if I just put those online, that is not going to go very well. So just writing them down and sending them to the kids in one place is not sufficient, really. So I have been recording these kind of horrible videos of myself, explaining what the kids want to do and just walking them through saying the same things that I would normally say in a classroom. I'm not saying even that is perfect. I'm still tweaking it, but I do think where normally we may rely on providing instructions once, I'm finding it necessary to repeat those and to put them in as many places in as many ways as possible. Number five, the last thing is something that I I felt was really important in teaching always, but I think is especially true in virtual teaching. And that is just to be vulnerable. And I have just admitted to the kids, hey, I'm trying this for the first time. I don't know if it's going to work or I made a mistake or I really wish that had worked. That was not the way I planned. And I think they're open to that. And even if not, I just feel... Like it's good for them to know that this is also something that we are learning and that we are someday struggling with because they're probably experiencing that too. And I think they are much more likely to tell me when they're having trouble if I admit that sometimes I'm having trouble as well. I have also always been a big advocate for asking for feedback. And even though we're not very far in and I have not had the students very many days, I have been giving polls and asking for feedback about What's clear, what's working, what's not working, and and just trying to absorb what they say, not get defensive, and then apply that to the way I'm organizing the class. I don't think anything I just shared is earth-shattering, but I'm definitely thinking and taking notes every day and working through the best way to do things knowing that it could all change and that we could go back to some form of blended learning sometime soon but for right now we are virtual and the one day a week schedule is going to hold so i'm just continuing to try to learn and to be willing to shift directions at any moment if you are a teacher or a parent or a student, and you have any feedback on what I just shared, we would love to hear it. You can find us on social media at unabridgedpod. And thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod, or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.